us continue through the book of Philippians, our teaching that we've been going through. Uh, it's going to be chapter 2, specifically looking at verses 19 to 24. And um, in this section, we're going to see, um, uh, you know, as we approach the section, we're going to see a bit about uh, Paul's closest friends. Uh, so we're going to see uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And in many ways, both of them highly active in the Lord's work. And uh, both of them were friends and brothers of the Apostle Paul, faithful to God and loyal to the brotherhood. Um, so as we look at this section, we're going to see uh, a, 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 another section of the Apostle Paul. Now, follow me to verse, Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 uh, to 24. Uh, that's going to be the center of today's teaching. So it says, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not for those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth, that he served me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately, as soon as I see how things go with me. So I'm going to stop there for right now. And then on the next, next teaching, hopefully next week, Lord willing, we're going to look at the next section of this because I want to break it up into two sections. But like I said, Timothy and Epaphroditus are, are the two friends that are mentioned here of the Apostle Paul. And uh, what we see is faithful brothers in the faithful brothers in the Lord in the Lord's work. And this teaching is going to be these two sections are going to be titled "Partners in the Gospel." Partners in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, two friends who did not have their own agendas. They had the agenda of the Gospel of Jesus Christ to proclaim the magnitude and the, and the majesty uh, of, of the Lord. And uh, that is something to be admired as we look into these lives. These are, we can say, in a sense, they were behind the scenes. Uh, we don't see, uh, we don't hear a whole lot. Although, Timothy, we do have, uh, we have quite a bit in scriptures, uh, pastoral epistles. And uh, so these, friend, these friendships reveal that the great apostle Paul, you know, um, you know he was an ordinary man. Uh, he was, in many ways, um, he he's just simply loved his friends. Uh, he wasn't all about theology. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times we get caught up and we think that Paul was just teaching every moment of the day. And possibly he was teaching all the time. But he was a man that, that experienced true friendship um, and uh, men who experienced true betrayals also. And uh, we know that the Apostle Paul had many enemies, not just friends. So it's good to have one good friend. You know, for those of you that know what it means to have a good friend, you are highly blessed, highly favored if you have one good friend in this lifetime. And, um, and many people have uh, many friends on Facebook or many uh, whatever you want to call them on your social media. When it comes down to it, I think we would all agree that we have not that many friends. And uh, as the Apostle Paul showed us, you know, he really loved his friends. It wasn't just about the teaching. He loved the people. And so Paul, you know, remember this, he was in a Roman cell. Tradition tells us that he was in a prison cell. And so he's writing to the Philippians and um, in the section... Um, you know, he wanted to be with them. This is what we read, that he wanted to be with them in person. I'm sure he wanted to worship in person. I'm sure he wanted to pray in person, as we have experienced throughout this, uh, this season of our lives, throughout the globe, actually. It's just, uh, and we see that the church has not been able to gather. But regardless of the doors are closed, the church has not been closed. For the church is the people, not the building. You can close the building all you want. You can tear it down. Um, and the church will remain because the church is not stones, not bricks, not wood. It is called the souls, it's people. And we are the church of the living God. And so 
I'm sure Paul wanted to be with his brothers in Christ. You know, so, you know, the, the, next, the, next, the next best thing to do would be to send somebody like-minded. And uh, this is for Timothy in the Epaphroditus Committee when he mentions him here. You know, and, and he says that, you know, that he desires to send them because, you know, in reality, sending one of Paul's close friends is just like sending Paul. He knew that it was friends. Not only that, he discipled Timothy. Timothy was one of his soldiers, you know, one of his, one of his students, uh, something that he, that he brought up. And so, you know, though Timothy was a free man, uh, you know, he did not choose to indulge in the flesh and indulge in the things of this world. He chose better things. He chose to serve the living God. Uh, he chose to give his life completely over to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, not because he was anything special, but because he chose wisely. And because the Lord, um, you know, this, this is what it is. You know, the Lord calls us into service and we choose. We choose whether we will serve the 10%, 20%, or we're going to go all the way in. And so the purpose of Paul's desire to send Timothy was that he, that he could hear of the condition of the church, and that he could rejoice in it. Paul wanted to know what was going on. And if there was an issue to be resolved, Timothy was the man to take care of it. And so Paul had a close relationship in bringing up and discipling young Timothy, you know, in, into becoming the leader that he was, a leader in the church of the living God. Uh, you know, there's many people with positional leadership, but not so many spiritual leaders. Uh, you know, so Timothy was a spiritual leader. You know, 1 Timothy 1.12 tells us that, when Paul speaks of me and, and this affection, he says, my true child in the faith. Second Timothy 2, um, 2 Timothy 1, 2 says, my beloved son. Again, words of endearment, words of closeness, of affection, uh, you know. And so we, we know that it was a father and son relationship. And uh, so as we, as we take the journey uh, back into the scripture a bit, you know, I want to, uh, let's look at the beginning of this relationship. And in the book of Acts chapter 16, um, verses uh, 1 and 3, specifically there, you know, we read uh, when Paul also came to Derby and Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek, and he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were, with, who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. This is the beginning of this relationship. Paul's on a missionary journey serving the Lord faithfully. And, and, and in, in God's providence, you know, he, he brings Timothy into the picture. Paul sees this young man, a disciple of the Lord. He goes, I want that one to go with me. You know, uh, you know that, that's a high privilege um, to go and serve the Lord in that magnitude. You know, Tim, he pulls Timothy out of, the, you know, out, of a, uh, uh, out of this town and says, come with me. I want you to come and serve the Lord with me. And, you know, and we, we see that Timothy was already a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. For it says, and a disciple was there, and his name was Timothy. And so, according to the text, that's what it says. And so, meaning that he was serving the Lord faithfully before the Apostle Paul came, and when he came. And so, he was local in his home. He was a local, uh, he, he, was, he, was he was faithful in his local hometown, uh, in the church. And uh, he wasn't, you know, converted under Paul's ministry, although some would say he was. Uh, but I would take the fact that he was discipled into another level under Paul's ministry. And regardless, it, the Lord takes the glory for salvation belongs to the Lord. And so what we see is that Timothy was a disciple before Paul got there. And so he was ready to be used 
for the Lord. And you know, he was faithful in the little, and God put him over much. You know, he was faithful in, in, in the place where God had put him. He was, he, nobody knew him, in a sense. And that's, that ought to be the way we desire, that we be known by God, not people. That we don't seek platforms, but we seek to lift up the name of Jesus. Another sermon for another day. Timothy also had Jewish, uh, you know, he had a Jewish upbringing, you know, by his mother. And, uh, but his father was a Greek, the text tells us. And so this means that his childhood could have been a bit complicated, maybe. Maybe he saw things, we can assume by the text. You know, he was possibly, he possibly saw things, customs, traditions, uh, ways of, of living from his father that was maybe contrary to the Jewish scriptures. And his mother and uh, his grandmother, we know, uh, by 2 Timothy 1.5, they brought up uh, this Timothy in, in a way that impacted him so much um, in the faith. Um, you know, this was true living faith that he witnessed in his grandmother and his mother that impacted him. And he was a man of God. Um, we also know that Timothy was well spoken of uh, by his countrymen. He had testimony, something that many people don't have. You know, we can give an appearance that we have a testimony, but people around us know. Uh, you know, people around us know who we really are, and uh, people know who you are, and people know how you truly act and um, how you respond to things. And so let us be light to this word. That's a reminder that the testimony of people around us, whether they're believers or non-believers, you know, it does matter. It matters what people speak of us. You know, ultimately, God will vindicate us, but it does matter that we live lives above reproach and uh, of good testimony. No wonder the text says Paul wanted this guy. I mean, who would it? If Paul goes to a town with a disciple, good testimony, you know, he's a man of faith, uh, you know, and he goes, man, I want that one to go with me. And by sending Timothy to the, to, you know, to the church of Philippi, Paul wanted to send him, and that was his desire. Um, you know, it's like Paul going himself. Is what, that's what I want us to understand. You know, Timothy followed the apostle Paul. He learned from him, imitated him. And he became a partner in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was not just a, you know, a weekly attending. You know, he, was just, he was not simply somebody who would gather once in a while at the synagogue, once in a while in the marketplace. No, Timothy was involved. He was active in the gospel. And uh, so this, again, we look at this and we go, man, this is the model that we ought to be following. Uh, Christianity nowadays has been diluted so much. Uh, you know, and we, we, we got to go back to scripture constantly constantly daily to to know what it means to follow christ the models are here and and before we look for models out there we need to look at the scriptures to know what is god pleasing what honors the lord so throughout paul's letters we read that this young minister timothy you know um you know we see him behind the scenes in a sense you know we, we don't always see him at the forefront so let's see and a couple texts and get a glimpse into timothy you know, at, but before that, you know, remember this, Paul writes to the Philippians and saying that this Timothy would encourage you if he got there. He, Timothy, you know, uh, Paul said he had no one else of kindred spirit and uh, he would be genuinely concerned for their welfare. You know, you know, others have selfish motives, he said. You know, they, they're more concerned about, about living good lives now. They're more concerned about making a name for themselves. They're more concerned about making a, 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 a platform, whatever it is. You know, selfish desires, uh, worldly desires can go many ways. And he goes, but Timothy has proven himself. There's proven worth in this man. You know, he's not just a, a, a nominal Christian. This guy's a follower. He's a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And by me sending him to you guys is a blessing from the Lord. It says, if I was there, even greater possibly. You know, he served alongside the Apostle Paul. 
and uh, to further the gospel. We know that he went on missionary journeys with them. This meant that he experienced good days and bad days. This meant that he had to learn how to be faithful with little and with much. He had to learn how to, how to adapt and modify his lifestyle in order for the sake of others to, to bless him with the gospel. You know, what a blessing to the church. Think about this. When we see a devout follower of Jesus Christ, you know, one who isn't seeking a high position, one who isn't seeking the largest church, one who isn't uh, seeking the most comfortable ministry, the best package in town, the, the best building in town, but that we understand that to be a minister of, uh, of the gospel is much more than that, by far much more than that. The ministry of the gospel is about Jesus Christ. It is about making him known, not you, not me, not anybody else, but Jesus Christ. It is to make him known as the king of kings, to announce to the world that there is a new kingdom, that there is a new king, and that we must bow down to. And so, again, this is a powerful illustration um, as we look at Timothy's life. And, uh, you know, we look at similar texts, you know, 1 Corinthians 4.17, Paul writes to the, the, the Corinthians. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. He goes, by sending him, he's going to tell you exactly what I would tell you to appoint you to Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 16.10. Now if Timothy comes, see that he is with you without cause to be afraid, for he is doing the Lord's work as I also am. Again, Paul affirming not only a friendship, but a partner in the gospel, affirming that Timothy, you know, is, is one that would bless your lives if he gets there. Um, 1 Thessalonians 3.2, uh, we send Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. And so it's more than clear how much Timothy is mentioned in scriptures as a partner in the gospel. Think about this, you know, as we read the beginning of, of certain epistles, 2 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, Philemon, we read words like these, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Timothy. Paul was, was not seeking to make his name any higher or any greater. Paul wanted to make it known that just, just as I go, he goes, or whoever else he mentions. And, uh, and this is the humility of a minister in the gospel that is not about us. Again, I, I, I reiterate the same thing over and over because I find, it, I find it very important that we understand this, that Paul would say, you know what, we are equal. In the, at, you know, at the feet of the cross, we are all equal. And uh, I received just the same grace that he did. You know, and, um, and again, this is a, a place of honor, not that Timothy was asking for it, but that was given to him. You know, Paul names him, uh, you know, as one like him and, and one with him. You know, that, that churches would know that Timothy was a genuine servant of God. You know, allow me to remind you that Paul had many close friends, you know, and fellow partners in the faith. And we can just look at Romans chapter 16, um, verses 1 uh, to 16. You know, when, when, when Paul gives a list, literally a list of people, you know, Phoebe, um, you know, we see Prisca, Killa, uh, we see Mary, Andronicus, Junius, um, you know, Lydia, Sorbanus, Apelles, Aristobulus, and so much more. 
We see how Jesus listed these people, men and women, who are active in the gospel, who are, who are not uh, uh, distracted with the worldly things, but they were active to making Jesus known. And these are worthy servants. You know, he, see, he names them. He goes, man, you know, uh, I commend to you. He begins, you know, by saying, you know, our sister Phoebe and so forth. And, and saying, you know what, men and women equally, you know, can be active in the gospel to make Christ known. Uh, you want to be empowered? Follow the gospel of Jesus Christ, men and women. You know, don't seek to be empowered by this world. This world doesn't empower anybody with anything worthy. You know, you want a name? Lift up the name of Jesus. You know, you want a better life? Live it for the Lord. And I can keep going on and on. You know, may the love of the brethren continue. May the love of the brethren continue. And may we love one another. May we refresh one another with these, with these friendships that come in the Lord. You know, somebody once said this. They said, friendship cemented by Christian brotherhood has a firm foundation. That friendship firm would ever bind whose hands unto the cross are tied. We know as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, that our friendship in, in uh, whatever friendships we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ ought to be um, treasured. And we ought to understand that our brothers in Christ, you know, that's big blood. It's the blood of Christ. And we ought to love one another. It doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter uh, it doesn't matter where your economic status is. It doesn't matter what part of the globe you're in. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to, whatever word that people use nowadays to separate. It doesn't matter the type of worship, the style of clothing, the building structure. Man, if you stand behind the cross of Jesus Christ, behind the infallible word of God, you know, if, if, if we keep going on with the gospel means, you know, these are brothers in Christ. We come in all shapes and sizes and colors. But what matters is that Jesus Christ has redeemed us. And for that, we say amen. The gospel must always be at the forefront of our friendships. The gospel must always be at the forefront of every relationship that we have. And we must constantly be, be, be drawn back to this and understand that it is it, it, if, I am, if I am friends with so-and-so, the gospel must be at the forefront of everything. Remember this, the gospel shapes our life. It does not only save us, but it instructs us. Uh, uh, the grace of the living God ought to be at the forefront of everything that we do and that we are. And that is not hyperbole. That is literal. He must be at the forefront for, in, in order for him to receive all the glory of everything that happens. We know that Jesus himself, uh, for those of you that may be thinking, you know what, what about other, other kinds of friends? Well, Jesus himself, you know, was a friend of sinners, of tax collectors, of prostitutes, the marginalized, those that the society didn't think much of, you know, because he came as a physician. You know, we know through the Gospels, you know, when they question him, why are you eating with them? Why do you sit with them? Why do you, why, you know, religious folks always got questions, uh, you know, and they never wait up for the answer. Um, and so, you know, he says, well, that's why I came. You know, they're the ones who are sick. I did not come to, uh, to, to, I didn't come for the self-righteous, but you guys don't need me, in another sense, to the religious folks. You know, he came for those who, who needed him, who recognized their spiritual poverty. You know, a lot of times we, be, we don't understand that, how pride affects man, self-righteousness. And so we ought to be really careful in those areas in our lives because we need to have a firm balance here, knowing that, you know, though we live in this world, it's not our home. And, and we, but at the same time, we cannot ignore the fact that we're surrounded by people who don't know Jesus Christ. And that's what scripture says, that he left us here. 
you know, this is why we're here, to make Jesus known in the kingdom of God in advance. James does warn us, uh, James warns us, of, you know, he tells us, he warns the church, you know, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So we need to watch out not to fall into any sort of spiritual adultery. And what am, I, what am I talking about? What I'm saying is that this is when you become unfaithful to our God for the sake of the world and its lustful ways. Friendships can either be a blessing or they can be a curse. You know, if you become a partner with somebody contrary to Christ, now you are against him. And we have to understand this, that we are partners in the gospel. And when we make friends out of the gospel, we ought to be understanding that Jesus Christ put this person here that they can know him. You know, there's nobody in your life who God doesn't want to reach. God wants to reach people. Uh, th that's why he came. And that's why we preach the gospel. That's the great commission, uh, you know, that we go out and we make him known. And whether, so your neighbors, your cousins, your relatives, whatever it is, you know, your coworkers, classmates, peers, you know, they need Jesus. And, uh, and we are the vessels of the gospel now. So we need to be careful that our friendships don't become partnerships everywhere. You know, you can be friends. You should be friends. You should, you should seek ways to connect with people with the gospel at the forefront. But being a partner is a whole different thing. Partnering, you become one with that person. And we need to be very careful who we partner with because bad company will always corrupt good morals. And so you need to be really careful who you're partnering with. And a lot of times it's easy for us to connect with people who don't know Christ. And we need to be very careful with that. You know, because, you know, unless we think we're so strong, then we're going to fall. we got to be really careful with this. And then knowing that we need one another. We need the fellowship of the saints. We need the gathering. Uh, we need one another to encourage one another, to bless one another, to pray for one another. So, you know, this is a matter of holy and pure relationships, you know, with our neighbors. And, you know, everything springs out of our friendship with Jesus Christ. Understand that the more that I know of Jesus Christ, the more that I can love my neighbor. And, you know, this friendship needs to be held in the highest regard. You know, we need to guard our relationship with Jesus. We need to treasure it. We need to delight in it. We need to be faithful in it. Again, let me tell you this. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is of utmost importance. This matters more than any relationship in this world. That's why he said, if you love so and so more, you're not worthy. Why is that? Because the minute that we give our full love to something else or someone else, Jesus is no longer first place. He's not taking second. He's not taking third. He's either first or nothing. And we have to read the gospel. It's not my message. You just have to read the scripture. You'll see that in there. And you'll see that he desires to be number one in our mind, our heart, our soul, our strength, our finances, our family, and everything else. He wants to be number one. So may we value friendships, brothers and sisters, as you know, as I close this out, and pursue knowing God more. To see what a friend we have in Jesus is a blessing. What a friend that we have in Jesus Christ. And may we acknowledge that he is our savior, that he is our king, that he is our brother, but he's also our friend. And know this, there's gonna be many times you're gonna be betrayed in this life. Many times, you know, when Paul writes to the church, Paul was in a Roman prison, understands, encouraging those who are free. 
And uh, Paul experienced many things, but he found his friendship in Jesus Christ. I'm sure that that encouraged him. I'm sure that that filled him. I'm sure that empowered him to live a life, even in the worst conditions, you know, to be faithful to God and encourage others. You know, when you find, when you value your friendship with Jesus Christ, you're going to see how your life is going to be blessed. You know, let me, uh, let me conclude with, with these lyrics from, from that famous song. You know, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with the load of care. Precious Savior still, our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Brothers and sisters, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not know we are in. May the Lord encourage your heart, and may you be blessed by this word of this section of, of, of the book of Philippians. And um, knowing that, as Paul used the example of Timothy and Epaphroditus, and we'll see Epaphroditus later, uh, knowing that we too must be partners in the gospel, it is now our turn to be these partners in the gospel. And may your life be blessed. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you, Lord. I pray for the church. I pray for those who are listening and who will be listening, Lord, that their lives be blessed that you magnify yourself through their lives, God. In the name of Jesus, may we know you, may we trust you, may we rely upon the Holy Spirit to teach us great truths. I thank you for the ability, Lord, to connect with brothers and sisters, and I pray that their lives be encouraged, and we put you first. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless, brothers.